to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. On today's podcast, we get the opportunity to talk with Not Kenny Rogers. And if you follow Not Kenny Rogers on Twitter, you know that, uh, first of all, he's incredibly funny, but has a, a large following. At this point, he has about 63,000, 64,000 uh, Twitter followers. The unique thing about Not Kenny Rogers is uh, he is a Christian. And uh, he believes in God, and so as Christians, we kind of strike this delicate balance between humor and then crossing the line and making fun of something. And yet, the, the irony is, anytime a, a great comedian comes to town, like Brian Regan or anyone else, Christians seemingly are some of the first ones in line to go hear these guys um, do their stand-up routine or, or to see things that are funny. And so, what we want to talk about is how do you how do you walk that line between being funny and then someone feeling like you crossed the line? Because if you realize the content that he talks about, nothing is off limits from sports to politics to Luke Bryan's genes to the fact that um, the whole country, except for in New England, um, doesn't like the Patriots. And so, guys, uh, now it is time for our show. All right, this time I'd like to welcome not Kenny Rogers to the show. I'm not going to lie, it sounds a little strange just saying that. So I just have to ask uh, the first question. Um, how did you come up with the name Not Kenny Rogers? You know, it was interesting. It was, uh, I guess it was like around 2011 or 2012, and my friend called me and said, hey, you gotta, you got to get on Twitter. And I, I didn't really, I mean, I knew about Twitter. I, it just didn't, I don't know, I just wasn't that into the idea of doing it. And then there was a guy named Not Jay Cutler. Uh, who I checked out, and he was so funny, and it was just hilarious that he he basically just ripped on Jay Cutler, and I thought, well, that's pretty funny. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll get on and try to write a few jokes. So at first I was going to be not Neil Diamond, and I don't think that fit. I think it was one character too long, so I went uh, with not Kenny Rogers and. And now uh, Kenny Rogers and I follow each other, and it's kind of worked out. Uh, it's kind of worked out well. There's, there's other than the fact that I love his chicken and his music. Uh, there's really no reason that I picked it. Well, and I saw that he had a picture where he gave you a thumbs up, so that you know, he, did. <laughs> he did. He gave me, he gave me a thumbs up, which is kind of nice because you know it would, it would be awkward if uh, he hated me. True. You know, I, I, I would feel bad, and and it's not. It's odd because I guess on Twitter people, you know, call things parody accounts or whatnot. I don't even talk about Kenny Rogers. I have nothing to do with Kenny Rogers. As a matter of fact, going strictly by the name, I could be anyone but Kenny Rogers. True. So so it's not Kenny Rogers. So when people say, oh, you're just a Kenny Rogers parody account, that's 100% false. I could be anyone except for Kenny Rogers. That's true. That's true. So, you know, you're a great follow. Obviously, 63,000, 64,000 people think that, or at least I think a lot of them probably think that. Uh, some people follow people for weird reasons. I, I don't know. But one of the reasons why I follow you is because, uh, I'll be honest, you're hilarious. And so I look at your profile. It says you're a Christian fellow, and I think you met Larry Bird in a pizza at one time. Uh, what town did you meet Larry Bird in a pizza or saw him there? It was in, uh, I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, there's a Pizza Hut on 82nd Street. I know I that. I think I was, around, I was around seven or eight years old, and, uh, and this was one of the few times my family, I had, a, I had a very large family growing up, seven brothers and sisters, so we rarely went out to eat, but something, 
something must have happened or we must have had coupons. Um, and we went to Pizza Hut and Larry Bird was sitting there with uh, a date. And it was uh, it was pretty overwhelming at the time. And the, and the waiter actually said, this is back when Pizza Hut had waiters. And the waiter, the waiter said, uh, hey, uh, don't uh, don't go up to him or bother him. So that was a that was that was my experience. But I saw him and it was and it was really exciting. And that's uh, I think that's pretty much the extent of my Twitter bio. Well, maybe he likes to eat his deep dish pizza by himself. I, I don't even know if they had the deep dish back then. I think oh, it was okay. more of a. It was a nice sit down. They had little red candles on the oh, table. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was really elegant. It was right uh, on Eighty Second Street, right next to the Taco Bells. So, so uh, yeah, it was. It was. That was my first uh, brush with fame, and it was very exciting. Well, it, the, fir- the first part of that says, you know, Christian fell, and I, you know, we talked a little bit before we started. I think there's some misconceptions about Christians, and I, th- I made this joke before that, you know, when Brian Regan or someone comes to town, it's the Christians who are first in line, you know, to buy the tickets and who get there, it seems like. So uh, why do you think there's a perception of people who have faith, for that matter, and in, in, in this lack of sense of humor that we just, you know, we make minivan mom jokes or homeschool jokes? Why, why do you think there's that misconception there? I think there's a big... Um it's interesting because when you, I guess when you look at, I don't even know if Christian comedian is the term. There's so many funny Christians like Tim Hawkins, yeah. um, who I just think are are funny regardless of you know if Tim if Tim were a Buddhist and he'd still be hilarious, but he's a Christian, and I think that uh, him and like Bob Smiley, John Christ, I really like, I really like those people. I think where you get into trouble sometimes is. People who are Christian comedians, but then we're pretty loose with Christianity today. And, you know, I, I think they'll, they'll stick to their Christian roots as long as it's popular. And, and I think that's what makes it difficult for Christian comedians today. I'll tell you right away, putting Christian in your Twitter bio automatically stops 60% of the Internet from following you. Oh, yeah. So, so as, as far as things that... Uh, as far as things that gain you a bigger following, it's uh, pretty much the death knell. Yeah. And uh, so I, I don't know. I, I like a you know I like a lot of the Christian comedians. I, I tend to be a little harder on them when I think they're doing something that's wrong uh, because it's like man you know I, I won't name names but there's one of the biggest Christians uh, kind of comedians out there seemed to be very in favor of the women's march, you know, earlier sure, this year. Sure, yeah. And, and I just couldn't, I couldn't understand why. Like, it's fine if you don't want to say anything, but to, to, be in, to be influenced by kind of what, I don't know, the, the, the gospel of Hollywood today is, uh, boy, that, that reflects poorly, poorly on Christianity. So I, I, I like most of them. It's a lot better than... It's a lot better than many of the other things you see on the internet, but you know, like anything else, it's uh, there's some there's some really good ones, and there's some that I think maybe do more harm than good. That's good. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I like about your humor, um, it's clean to start with, but I think you really strike a intrinsic balance between humor and shedding light on things that maybe other people would stay away from. And I think you can do that more on Facebook because your posts can simply just be longer. For that matter, you get more characters. Um, you know, you had a post, for example, about the guys who sold stock before um, it was revealed that there was a hack and stuff, and you put, like, social security number and all that stuff on there. Uh, how do you strike a balance between, um, I guess, being funny, but also that, that seriousness? There's a serious tone to what you're saying. I mean, there's a validity to that joke that you're making there. 
without a doubt. And I think I, you know, you can go back through six and a half years of of Twitter jokes, if you want to call them that. And uh, you know, I there's no cursing, there's no talk of sex, um, and that's kind of the beginning. You know what I mean? It's sure. it's nothing that my mom can't read. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. How can you shy away from some of the bigger topics today, like? you know, abortion and, and serious things that you just, you know, that aren't jokes. There's nothing funny about them. And so I kind of try to mix in, uh, my, uh, displeasure with some things and, and with also ridiculous jokes. Like I enjoy, I enjoy wishing Gloria Stefan happy birthday every year. Uh, so, so, so I like to kind of keep it, you know, you find yourself in a rut sometimes after, you know, after five days of going nuts over something, you're like, I gotta calm down. You know, let's let's talk about Jeff Leppard or Van Halen. But um, but it, 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 it you know I guess it's just something inside of you. You just know what the what the lines you can't cross are. And I and I think kind of going back to to my comment on other Christians who are online, it's like you know there's just certain lines I don't think you should cross uh, because I think for people who respect you for being a Christian, I think it starts blurring the lines of. Well, what exactly does it mean to be a Christian? So it's it's different for everybody. Uh, for me, I think if you've ever followed me on uh, Twitter, you, you kind of know where that line is. Well, like today, you know, I think, you know, just recently, today was when they released the new iPhones or talked about the new iPhones, I guess. And you had a great tweet about, hey, what about the people that can't afford your $1,000 iPhone? You know, I, as a, a person who re- respects humor, I sit back and think, how did he think of that? Like, that is a genius thought. I don't know if you have a whiteboard of creativity at your house or how that works, but um, but there's truth to what you're saying, right? So I just think overall, it's you know, if you can't point out the hypocrisy uh, that's going on in the world today, there's just, you know, when I see a couple months ago, I, I live in Los Angeles, and I saw thousands of people at LAX who are holding up signs for Syrian refugees. And God bless the Syrian refugees. I feel horrible for them. Sure, sure. But, but, but here you have thousands of people at LAX holding up signs for Syrian refugees, and within a 10-mile radius of them are 56,000 homeless people in Los Angeles. And what about them? Right. You know, and so, so to me, I always just, uh, I, I think I just grew up that way, but whenever I, uh, the hypocrisy, especially with liberals, and of course, you know, we have it with conservatives too. Oh, yeah. But, but I don't feel the need to point it out because 99% of the media points it out. <laughs> They're doing so, it for you. Yeah, so for me, if you can, if you can, you know, somehow put together a, a cogent and somewhat clever thought, people are going to be mad at you no matter what. You know, I, the hate mail that I get on, on Twitter and, and now Facebook, um, it's it's pretty, I mean, I mean, obviously it's pretty hardcore, but it's also, you notice that people, when, when you start an intelligent, or what, what I hope is an intelligent conversation, they, they usually, when, when they can't figure out how to win the argument, they just call you a, a bigot or a racist. So, <laughs> so, so that's, that's kind of like, all right, well, thanks for playing. That right, right, and again, that's the the blessing and curse of Facebook. You have more of a dialogue there than 140 characters plus mentioning somebody, you know. So uh, yeah, without a doubt, it's it's a different, and it's also a different audience. I'm noticing. Yes, um, it's a very very different audience because uh, I woke up this morning and saw Ted Cruz trend, uh, trending and on Twitter, and I was like, oh, what happened? And there was some story about obviously he was hacked, and somebody liked a, an adult site on his Twitter. Um, 
but every you know every liberal uh, every blue dot liberal I think that should be a term on Twitter um, was you know making jokes and obviously they were very happy that a Christian fellow like Ted Cruz was supposedly caught doing something wrong and I just you know you, you just look at it and you're like my goodness this is you know this is uh, this is some pretty this is some pretty hardcore stuff we're going through right now. So I guess for me, I just, like I said earlier, 99% of the media and, and uh, blue dot people on Twitter are saying one thing. So I just feel like that gets boring after a while. There's nothing creative about it. And I think you kind of see that in comedy, too. It's like every single late night joke is the same. Oh, yeah. And, and I, you know, a long time ago, I used to work at a late night show uh, in New York and you know, it was it, the climate wasn't like it is now, but I can't even watch it anymore because you just know it's the same joke, and I don't even understand the people who laugh at it. I don't even feel like they really laugh anymore. You know, you're just right. applauding like you're kind of applauding like trained seals. So I don't know. It's that awkward uh, live studio audience applause meter that's going off, and uh... oh, without a doubt, just you know, if you can stomach it, if you watch a Bill Maher episode, no. I, I would love to see a documentary on his studio audience. Because it's just, it's unbelievable what they clap at. Right, right. Well, you you, know, you talked about boring and creativity, and that that's what I was thinking. That what makes you a great follow is, man. Just in the course of a window of time, you can see you talking about sports, politics, weather, music, whatever, and uh, nothing seems to be really off limits, which I like. But is there a topic or a genre or something that you just feel like the ball is teed up for you when you see that trending, or you hear about it like, oh yeah, that's my sweet spot. <laughs> Well, anytime uh, Florida Georgia Line yes. performs with the yeah. Backstreet Boys, uh, to me, it's just—it's almost like they're asking for it. And those guys, you know, God bless them. I don't know if they're horrible human beings. I've—I've heard—I've heard rumors that they're Christian fellows, and I noticed that they follow me on Twitter. But um, man, when I see them uh, dancing in their man shawls, it's as a guy who likes country music it's a it's a bit disturbing but i will say this i have noticed something over the past year and a half uh, i have noticed that if you ask me to rank uh the country musicians i detest the most florida georgia line would be in second because there is something about luke bryan that drives me absolutely crazy and uh we got into a bit of a twitter spat um earlier this year and I just, I, I don't, I don't know if he's a decent dude. I mean, his music is so horrible, and uh, yeah, in fairness, he's it, hunting, fishing, and loving every day. I mean, that's it, what but it's not just that. It's like one of his songs, "Country Music Entertainer of the Year." One of his songs is "Country Girl Shake It for Me." Yeah, and it's just like I, I, I he, he kind of drives me batty. So, so as far as things that tee me up, uh, bro, country is definitely one of them. Um, anytime. Uh, the New England Patriots do something. That's one of them because I'm from Indianapolis, and uh, I think they're a bunch of cheaters. That's a big <laughs> one. And then uh, anytime, anytime um, people, well, especially lately, you know, kids with uh, nine hundred dollar iPhones complain about stuff. That that drives me nuts too. Well, I, I noticed you uh, dialoguing, if you will, with some people who were uh, in safety of the hurricane, if, if the hurricanes, you know, but also telling us what we should do and what, you know, how you should tweet and things like that. So I, I, I appreciate that banter, I guess, if you will, with those guys. So Sure. Well, I had a, I had a brother. Uh, I have a brother who's a, a staff minister down in Houston. So that was 
a little treacherous for for three weeks ago, and then and then my other brother is a pastor in West Palm Beach. Wow. So the last uh, the last three weeks have been. It's it's actually kind of affected social media too because you can't. I saw some people joking about you know the hurricane and it, it felt like oh man let's get through it first and then see if there's yeah. see if there's any type of humor to to get from it. Well, and your humor is timely. I shared this before we started the call. Well, after we started the call, I guess you have to be on the phone. But uh, that I found, I went to bed the night of the you know the Patriots Chiefs game, and I'm getting ready in the morning, and I checked Twitter, and your tweet came up about paying a reporter a hundred dollars to ask Bill Belichick if he's going to go back to cheating. And I said, wait, the Patriots lost. Like I thought that was funny, but like you were breaking news for me because I didn't know that they. I figured I just assumed they won because they'll always figure out a way to win. So I thank you for breaking news on the, in that level. So. Well, you know, what's nice about it, living on the uh, left coast, it's it's a little easier because for me, I always I, I always feel a little bit at, at a disadvantage because I wake up in the morning and, uh, you know, there, there's people who I guess are a little bit similar to me who uh, start tweeting at eight o'clock their time. And that's OK. That's uh, that's five in the morning, my time. So so I've I, I, I think Twitter has turned into like. Twitter's like, you know, 10 million people all trying to tell the same joke. Yeah. And so so when you wake up three hours later, it's uh, sometimes you have to look through and be like, oh, man, I, you know, I know everyone's making this joke. So what's what's a different way to tell it? You're trying to be the Adam Schefter of joke telling. You're trying to break that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I have my uh, I have my cell phone with me and I can be in the <laughs> middle of a conversation and get, and get a hot tip that Bernie Sanders just tweeted. So is is Luke Bryan the most famous person that's ever blocked you on Twitter? Yeah, Luke Bryan uh, is, and, and that was, uh, it was funny, I was in line at Wendy's, and my phone beeped, and my phone beeped. I think I tweeted something like, uh, it's so hot in Nashville, or, what was it? It was so, I think it was something like, it, it was so cold in Nashville today, I just saw Luke Bryan wearing two pairs of uh, yoga pants on his way to jazzercise class. A nice, a simple nice tweet, no sure. harm intent. Sure. No harm intent. And I never write at anyone either. I don't know how to do the hashtags and the apps. I don't, I don't write at people. And so it was like an hour later and I was in line at Wendy's and uh, my phone beeped and he was writing back to me and his, his, uh, his, his grammar was horrible. That was one thing. But, uh, but it also didn't really make sense. So we went back and forth for a while and then he said, boy, I can't believe I haven't blocked you until now. And that was it. So what can you do? It's always better when you announce that you're going to block somebody before you do it. So that way they see it, right? <laughs> I guess. I guess. It, and what's really, what's kind of funny is I used to work in Nashville for uh, five years. I used to do a country music television show um, in Nashville, uh, 2004 to 2009. And, and I kind of knew these guys, you know, so I don't think they know who I am anymore. Sure. But, you know, I knew all these guys. And so it's... Uh, some of it comes from a personal distaste, but but you know they're huge. They're they're making tons of money, and I think they're uh, absolutely killing country music. Wait till the country music boy band that'll be next. So it's uh... you know you know somebody's pitching a show. A friend of mine is pitching that show right now. Uh, to, he just went to Nashville last week. He's pitching it to CMT uh, country music boy band. That's oh. exactly what it is. Oh lord. Okay. Oh, uh, not good. Hey, we don't like bedazzled jeans either. Just on that Luke Bryan thing. When you've mentioned that before, we're not fans. <laughs> exactly. Of... <laughs> exactly. I don't want when I get out of the car. I don't want to look like I left chains in the chains uh, change in the car seat. So uh... that's right. That's right. He has, he has really big bright teeth too <laughs> hey what uh you know if someone's tracking with you on facebook twitter or whatever what do you hope people get from your sense of humor or your convictions or perspective i don't know 
mean, I guess at the end of the day, and this is why, uh, and yeah, listen, I'm not holier than thou. I think anybody who follows me or knows me personally knows I'm not, uh, you know, none of us are, are perfect people, but there is a reason I put Christian fella first and foremost, and that's kind of to, 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 you know, keep in my mind that, uh, you know, getting social media followers aren't isn't the most important thing in life. So I guess I would hope that for anybody who does read it, uh, yeah, you can have, uh, maybe they think, oh, you can have an opinion, you can be a Christian, and you can maybe get some thoughts across uh, without being too much of a jerk. But but also you don't have to shy away from, from talking. I, I mention this sometimes. I think I, what depresses me the most today is that I think some fellow Christians are under the impression that we're not supposed to say anything. Right. And, and that, that drives me crazy because, you know, it's one thing if you're sharing 50 political memes a day, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's, and I believe me, I have some relatives who do that and it's a little much on both sides of the political aisle. Uh, that to me, you kind of, you just sound like noise at that point. But, uh, you know, there's a story last week, two weeks ago, and it was, it was a kindergarten out here in California, and on the first week back to school, this classroom of five-year-olds, uh, the teacher decided on her own to teach them about transgenderism, these five-year-olds. Wow. And, and one of the girls, you know, went home, to, and uh, the mom was giving her a bath that night, and she started crying, and the mom goes, what's wrong? And she goes, I don't want to turn into a boy. And the mom's like, what are you talking about? And so the girl told her mom what happened in class and of course there were a bunch of angry parents who demanded you know to know what was going on and I saw a picture online of those parents sitting there you know getting an explanation for what happened and I couldn't help when I looked at their faces you know they were of course they were angry but they were I think they were also sad mm. and I and I couldn't help but think to myself man I, I bet they wish they would have spoken up earlier you know like like, there's nothing wrong with speaking up, and now their kids have been exposed to this. And the teacher, you know, the teacher was very apologetic and said she didn't know what she was doing was wrong. And that, to me, is the most terrifying thing. It's like, how can you not know that's wrong? And I guess I always think the reason people don't know things are wrong anymore is because, you know, as Christians, as conservatives, you're told not to speak up. Right. And, and, you know, you're called a white supremacist, a bigot, a horrible person. And, and so maybe it's easier not to say anything. I have some family members who wish I would not say anything. <laughs> but, but to me, my goodness, if you, if you don't speak up, you know, I, I just feel like you're kind of part of the problem. Right, right. And so, and so I guess in a weird way, when you think about when God says, go and preach the gospel to all nations, you know, what better tool than the internet? Right. You know, it's, you, you don't have to get in a boat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you, you know, the great commission is, is literally on your laptop. And so, so I guess to me, that's, you know, hopefully anybody who reads my tweets or things, maybe they, I, I have people who say, I hate when you get political, I hate when you talk about religion, but I really like when you rip on the patriots. L literally, I have people <laughs> who say that. And then, and then, who knows, maybe if there's one person in the world who after six years of, of reading my tweets is like, 
okay, maybe maybe God's not that bad. You know, eh, that's fine. You know, that's a win. Absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, I mentioned it earlier, and I say it often. I think if we had a better understanding of who Jesus is, we'd have a better understanding of who we are as Christians. Because he said a lot of things that were snarky. Uh, he called his best friend Satan. That's that's one of the worst things you could tell somebody. Uh, he did a lot of things that I think, um, you know, he would be called a lot. He was called, you know, all these things that people are calling us. And so I think if we understand him better, we will not be as fearful. Listen, people are going to hate you regardless. They're going to hate you if you're quiet or if you speak up. So if you're good, if you're going to speak up, do it with truth. Uh, do it with grace, you know. And uh, I love if you can add some humor to it. So. Well, and I have I, I, listen. I'll, I'll I'll be the first to uh, to readjust the plank in my own eye. Obviously, I probably go overboard sometimes. I get a little get a little too hot uh, sometimes with with some topics. And but you know, it's like none of us none of us are perfect. And I guess I'd rather err on the side of saying something than um, than of just of of being silent and hope it gets better. So right, right. I mean, one of the, one of the questions we, we try to ask every guy that comes on here, um, because we believe as men we need to, we need to be readers. Readers are leaders, and we got to be growing and getting better. And so, have you read something recently or a book that you'd recommend? Maybe other guys picking up that you you leaned into and said, "Man, that's something I want to share with someone else." Um, well, if you haven't read either of Tony Dungy's books, they're awesome. Okay, uh, really, really, uh, really good books uh, as far as you know, as far as. Not, I don't want to say masculinity, but as far as what seems like a really good Christian husband, okay. uh, I think I think Tony Dungy uh, he has he has two books out. They're they're really really impressive. And then I just finished one. Um, I just finished another one uh, from uh, the author of. Have you ever heard of the book Devil in the White City? I have not. No, but. it's a really 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 great book. Um, it's about the 1904 uh, World's Fair in Chicago. It's it's a great book. But he also wrote another book that I just finished called In the Garden of the Beast, and it's about it's about 1936 Germany, and it's about the American ambassador to Germany, and this is this is uh, Germany as Hitler was gaining power. Okay. And it is absolutely fascinating fascinating to watch what was happening and how. You know, it, this isn't the this isn't the Third Reich. This isn't you know Nazi flags right, everywhere. This right. is this is how it got there. And um, my goodness, it's it's really shocking. And I think it I think it kind of shows a little glimpse of how a nation can slowly turn into something terrible. And you know, it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. It's little things, and it's you give a little bit here and you give a little bit there, and suddenly, uh, you know, your your 1940s Germany. And uh, the book's really good. In the Garden of the Beast, it's it's phenomenal. Okay, well, that's good. I'll, I'll look that up. And our, our, the the plan is that you know we want to share these with other guys too, and say, hey, this is something he recommends. You might want to take a look at it. So uh, you're right. You keep tearing away from a moral fabric. Eventually, you got nothing to grab onto. And so you do. When people, you know, yesterday I saw um, on trending on Twitter, I saw 9/11 remembrance, and right underneath it, I saw Bachelors in Paradise. There you go. So, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much sums up where we're at. There you go. Well, man, I, I can't thank you enough for taking some time. I know you had a, a busy day, but thank you for taking time to uh, to be on this podcast, encouraging guys. I hope uh, there might be somebody somewhere listening to this that says, um, you know, hey, just a couple guys dialoguing about humor and stuff. But if there's somebody who uh, is on social media, what's the best way to find you on social media? Uh, just at Not Kenny Rogers on Twitter. And uh, 
and Facebook is, uh, you know, it just kind of started Facebook, so I don't even know what it is. Not Kenny Rogers, or maybe this is not Kenny Rogers. It's one this of those is, two. This is not Kenny Rogers. That's what it is. So yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, and you're on Instagram too. I don't know if that's. Uh, oh, Instagram. Yeah, it's not Kenny Rogers. I don't. I don't know if I'm as good on Instagram because I just take ridiculous pictures of what I see walking down the street, but but some people like it. Yeah, I can't figure that thing out. So, um, <laughs> hey, man, thank you for being on this this show. Really appreciate it, and uh, man, God bless you. Definitely, Jared. Great talking to you, and let's do it again sometime. Once again, men, I want to thank you for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. I want to thank Not Kenny Rogers for being on. If you want to get in touch with him on Twitter, it's at Not Kenny Rogers. On Facebook, it is This Is Not Kenny Rogers. And then he's on Instagram as well. So, guys, if you want to get in touch with us, it's thepursuitofmanliness.com. There you can find our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram links. Uh, this podcast is on iTunes and YouTube. Would love for you to leave a review. Always click subscribe. That way you stay up to date with everything that's going on with Pursuit of Manliness. And also, you can check us out on Facebook. We have a closed Facebook group. It's facebook.com backslash groups backslash the pursuit of manliness. Guys, thanks again for listening and I hope that you keep pursuing manliness.